Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next podcast on Trechnobabble. This is Matthew. And this is Kevin. And we are going to continue the Voyager story killing game. Uh, we did part one previously. We had a sort of cliffhanger-ish, maybe not a cliffhanger, technically speaking. Uh, you know, but we had a, you know, till next time ending. Uh, the holodeck had been blown apart by an explosion. Several decks of Voyager were exposed, and so this conflict that the Herogen were trying to contain within the holodecks is now going to spill out into the rest of the ship. Uh, also, uh, at the same time, several of our heroes have uh, thwarted the neural interface, which was uh, somehow tricking them into believing that they had an alternate life history, <laughs> which, you know, whatever, that has its issues. Um, and so now uh, the Americans are invading, and we're going to see if Captain Janeway and Seven of Nine and the Doctor and Harry, I guess, can uh, free the rest of their compatriots and uh, you know, take back the ship from the Herogen. Um, Kevin and I both enjoyed the first installment. Uh, there was, I think, we both acknowledged maybe Kevin more so that there were you know some story issues or logic issues or even just caring about the villain issues but that the trappings were so much fun that uh you know we were just sort of along for the ride <clears throat> so i guess it remains to be seen whether they can wrap up the story in an interesting way but also maybe give us some of the things that we have felt have been missing um so kevin is kind of down on the herogen i guess uh I, I I just think maybe they uh didn't bake long enough. Like both like 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 the Dominion got a almost a season of you know back chat to like kind of build up. Yeah, their... I mean this is like the fourth Herogen episode, and, it, and of like and it's like the fourth episode of the last like six. Like they were introduced in Message in a Bottle, and that was not very many episodes ago. So it's like we 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 went right from. There's a new villain to here's the villain's big biggest story, and might be their last. Like I mean, I think they might they show up again for that holodeck episode, but that's that's less. I mean, that could be any villain. They were they were kind of placeholdery. Yeah, um, well, and to be fair, you know that episode was an interesting sort of iteration on the the science fiction theme here. Okay, and so the science fiction idea here is that the holodeck, you know, can be used to sort of create an outlet for an entire culture, you know, to, uh, you know, sort of soothe the savage beast to, you know, to redirect their energies in a way that's more, uh, socially and culturally, uh, positive. Right. And so our, our commandant, uh, was making that case, uh, to some extent to Janeway, uh, last time around. Right. Was it Janeway? I forget who he was talking to. Oh no, he, he was too. I think he was talking to the super German guy. Oh well, no, maybe I'm thinking about a scene that's going to happen in this episode. Uh, why don't we get started and <clears throat> let's see if they can deliver more of the sort of story elements that we were craving. There was a lot of fun in the first half, uh, and that was maybe enough to make the first half, you know, go down easy. But um, you know, it might get a little tiresome if they don't uh, give us more idea content. So uh, I've got my disc queued up. All right, I'm, I'm ready to go on Netflix. All right, so 
Let's all press play simultaneously in three, two, one, press play. And yeah, I mean, I guess I just gave you a recap, and here's the recap. Um, I, I almost kind of wonder if the Klingon thing could have been uh, used a bit more, right? Like, if we've got two episodes to work with, maybe they could have given us, you know, some Klingon conflict that was, you know, key to their formation. Yeah, because it just... Um... Someone could be Kalos, someone could be Molor or something. Yeah, because it was just fighting. It wasn't real. There was nothing like uniquely Klingon. Well, and part of this is, you know, the Commandant's desire to create an outlet, but part of it, ostensibly at least, is to learn more about the prey, right? And it seems like they could have learned about the Klingons. Um, <coughs> that said, you know, I have already stated my uh, liking of having Nazis in my Star Trek. You know the uniforms are neat to look at. They're an obvious, you know, bad guy, and it's it's always very sort of tickling to have that element of historical fiction, um, you know, in Star Trek. It's a sci-fi genre, right? Or or it's at least it's an alternative uh, universe fiction genre, and so it's it's neat to see alt universe fiction in Star Trek. How tall is the holodeck supposed to be? Well, I would say at least three, you know three four decks. I, th- I assume that's supposed to be the uh, modified version because I would say as is it looks to be about two decks high, maybe a third. This is good action. I mean, they're they're handling their weapons very well. They've got uh, nice looking, uh, you know, prop guns. Um, the reason I ask about the height of the holodeck, it's like who are these Nazis? Working in astrometrics, I, huh? That looked like a GI. I thought. Uh, he looked like he was in a Nazi uniform. Oh, man, I just was paying attention. I thought the uniform was green. Um, like, is it a crew member? Well, no. I assume the holodeck had just expanded out. I guess. <coughs> anyway, I asked about the height of the holodeck because I was just watching. Um, oh, what's the one with Picard's? Pseudo kid. It's not firstborn. It's right after that. Uh, in season seven of TNG. Anyway, Jason was climbing mountains inside the holodeck, and Picard was at the bottom, and Jason was at the top, and uh, you know, and then Picard climbs up to the bloodlines. I think it is. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and it just it always vexes me. <laughs> Explain the holodeck, please. Especially now that we're getting into virtual reality, finally, you know, with all these, you know, consumer uh, releases of virtual reality platforms. I have to say, Google Cardboard is not bad. It's it's not a yeah. Know, I've tried it out. Yeah, it's 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 not a you know what's the Samsung one, the Oculus Rift or whatever. Like it's but it's but it's fun. Vive, it's Vive is HTC, and then Oculus is Facebook's product. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and it's, I hope, I mean, I'm not going to be an early adopter, but I I hope that it catches on and, you know, increases in quality and that it's an interesting way to explore being human. Well, I I just want someone to, like, uh, 
there's someone doing like a 3D model of the interior of the Enterprise allegedly in its entirety, and they are you know taking creative license where necessary. Their their layout of the main shuttle bay was actually really cool. Like I really thought they did a great job authentically, like plausibly creating a space. And if they put that in a VR Oculus Rift, oh my, I'd be like Barkley. I would just never come back. I would just be, where's Kevin? He's on the Enterprise, where yeah. he belongs. Like, <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting to see if they can overcome, you know, some the sort of game tropes that have existed for the past, you know, 15, 20 years. <clears throat> because those things break immersion. Uh, you know, so the holodeck is inherently interesting if you get into... Um, you know, what do people actually use it for? You know, what, what is it good for? How does it change the way you do things? Uh, you know, and I think Voyager has done a pretty okay job, you know, showing the holodeck as this outlet. Um, and it, I, I think they use it in the appropriate way for a crew in this situation. You know, it, it's the place you go to get away from it all. You know, you're stressed out, you're, you're worried about home, you know, you're, Running low on some resources, but apparently not the energy for creating holodecks, but whatever. And so, you know, I, I wish they had gone more into Markley territory with people who were addicted. <coughs> but this is an interesting wrinkle. This is no longer a game. We should kill the prey. He's kind of the obrist of this situation, right? The Herogen makeup is, you know, quite, quite involved, but they, they've done a pretty decent job. You know, Westmore has done a pretty decent job of making it still expressive. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely lighter weight. It, it, it looks a little similar in texture to the Jem'Hadar, like they just did like a basic, like, color palette change on that texture, but it looks good, like it... it and like I said in my review of the last episode, it oddly suits the Nazi uniform. I believe narratively... Uh, the story might have been more interesting if maybe maybe they couldn't have done Nazis in this case. But if the if the Voyager crew were cast as the bad guys, that would be both interior to the story, more illuminating on human behavior, and just more fun. Well, like, I, I think they could have been on both sides. You know, and they almost have that here, right? You know, because they have some Voyager crew as GIs and some Voyager crews as you know. Uh, I mean, are these Maquis? Uh, you know, as you know, rebel partisans. Um, <coughs> I like the dialogue touches, you know, listen, honey, like that kind of stuff. I do, of course, wonder where these dialogue touches come from, right? Is it part of the computer's database, like jargon and, you know, modes of speech from 1940s Earth, and these things are being sort of piped into their neural interface? Who Who's writing the scenarios, you know? Who makes it so that Brigitte here has, you know, had a, a liaison with the Nazi officer? Is this a, a scenario that's already in the database? Yeah, this is one of those lines that this episode walks it well enough and it's interesting enough to watch. But it, it, it does kind of, it, it just, it's a little too cute that everyone seems to have fallen into a holodeck character akin to their personality and relationships yeah they they 
might have done well to play a few people against type. Right, like uh, like if Bolana were in a, like if you know switch out Tuvok or even Chakotay, like just like like it's a little too neat that uh, they're involved. Like, and it's fun. It this I mean this dialogue, of course, is you know playing very well with you know Tom and Bolana. Uh, so I, I'm with you. You know, it works for what it is, but maybe you feel they could have gotten a little more out of it. I mean, I suppose part of the question is, are they going to remember this stuff, right? Did Janeway remember? No, no, because um, I don't, I don't think so. Because I don't think she recalled. Yeah, the details doesn't of the recall story. The details of the conflict. Right, right. Because otherwise, she could have kept <coughs> singing. Yeah, she would remember the lines. Yeah, I'm not bored by these scenes, though. You know. Yeah, I mean that that helps. I think the actors are really carrying it. Yeah, I mean they have obvious chemistry, much like uh, you know Jane Jane Wayne Seven, Jane Wayne Tuvok, uh, Tom and Bolana. Like, there's a, I can see why that uh, that feels why that you know works because uh, those actors have rapport. But I guess if they really wanted to dig in, they could have mixed it up more. Um, yeah, like maybe Tom should have thrown his chair here and be like, you know, what? I love, I love their like blowing up stuff evening wear. Like I, I'll say, I mean, Kate Walgrew can rock a dinner jacket. She just, it just, it suits her both sort of visually and personality wise. Like I just really dig it. Um, and of and course, she's got Janeway in these shoulder pads. Is Seven also? Uh, that might just be her. Um, I like uh, Seven's hairstyle. It's I, I like that it, it's like whoever did that did a very good job of balancing like what would this dramatic film version of a you know efficient ponytail look like? So they're calling in an airstrike and. You know, Janeway and Seven are very apprehensive about this notion because I guess the holodeck safeties are off. Well, that was that's my other question about the holodeck safeties being off because they've established you, in the last episode an atom bomb and just destroy the ship. Right. Well, it's like why was the holodeck capable of blowing itself up? Like, because <laughs> that wasn't like that was like a Herogen weapon or a Starfleet weapon on the holodeck. It was a piece of explosive generated in story and i understand that the holodeck can create things but like you know matter is doesn't just come from nowhere not only like an explosive has to contain the energy to make the explosion happen so it just seems weird just for even from from to prevent exactly this problem if you made a bomb on the holodeck and then blew it up wouldn't you destroy the thing making the bomb like yeah it's just it's just weird it, yeah. it would, like would it would be destroyed quickly enough to Camp down the the effect outside the holiday. I, I mean, maybe even like a line of dialogue would have helped where they clarify that the safeties were off vis-a-vis hand-to-hand combat or energy weapons, but the holodeck knew not to set off a bomb that could blow itself up. Kind of like the, the Krieger wave demonstration in a, a matter of perspective. Like it would blow up the building, but not the holodeck. Well, see, I think the Krieger wave thing was pretty clever because the energy was coming from outside. I, I think you've hit on the better question, which is <clears throat> if it takes X amount of energy to create the thing, and then the thing that you've created with that energy is explosive, 
it seems like you should never be able to uh, outstrip the the amount of energy going into the thing. And so if it if it detonates, it it just seems like it should be as sort of a zero sum situation, you know, like you can't create something in the holodeck that would have effect outside the holodeck. I, I don't know. I wonder how much firearms training the cast had, you know, whether they had a consultant or, you know, how to hold things. And... I think a bunch of them are sufficiently trained actors. Um... It's really sad that being a trained actor means having experience with firearms. <laughs> I suppose we, you know, we enjoy watching people do sword fights too. So, So th this is interesting. I mean, the treat the burns or I'll deactivate your program. That's he's sort of violating triage. I I think if they had gone a little further with examining the mentality of the Herogen, yeah, it's like is is it racism? Is it that he doesn't view you know the prey as being worth saving? Does he gain something if they die? You know, is it? It's like now we have kills. I don't know. I, I guess I would have liked a little bit more. And I, Phillips I, does a pretty darn good job as a clan. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad they show some diversity among the Herogen. Like, it, I I I guess that mean I get I, I mean that helps, but it I still don't yeah I still don't know enough or care enough about them to really connect. It must be fun to play a Klingon for a guy like Ethan Phillips. You yeah, know, he usually, he, he usually he's plays. He's a shorter actor, yeah. you know, so he almost never gets the heavy role. Okay, I like... I like this. The scene, the, the scene is interesting. Like, I get what they're going for here, but they kind of... Like, I'm not... I don't know, like, did they take the scene far enough? Does it work? Like, the, like I, I get the tension. Tom in it unknowingly killing his friend. Okay, it's a great moment. But, like, his English has to be good enough. Or it's like, I don't know, it's like, would he really not shoot him or at least take him into custody given the amount of time it took him to summon this factoid about Betty Grable? I mean, like... And and Harry's clearly guessing here, so like I, I don't know, like it just seems like. Well, I mean, Betty Grable might be known for something, but what if Harry's like a breast man, right? Or, you know, into eyebrows or who the hell knows, right? It's it's an awfully capricious method of determining and, whether you yeah, shoot someone. And I, I get the, I get what they're going for, but particularly, and not that I want them to, I want to be clear, I don't. I didn't want him to throw out an ethnic slur, because it would have really pulled me out of the episode. But, like, you, you wanted to engage, like, you wanted to engage for dramatic purposes the fact that Tom would see the enemy. Yeah. Um, I, but I then there's a way to do that. But, I, but I, then you kind of... I was of, expecting it to go there. Yeah, but it's then like, you kind of chicken out. Like, it's like, it's just weird. Or I didn't think the Japanese were in 
France or, or whatever, right? There don't have to be any slurs. <coughs> there are eccentric people who live in the caves. Well, also, yeah, so Chakotay notices that they're somewhere weird. Why didn't Tom? Like, it's clear, like, I get they're supposed to think it's some German bunker, but it's still, like... It so obviously outstrips 1940s technology. It's like he should just be, like, gobsmacked right. by the touch panel that opens the door, you know? Or the lights. But I do like that, you know, Janeway is sort of trying hard to keep everybody in the fantasy. You know, yeah. these are caves that go under the bunker. Okay. But there are people who live in the caves. <coughs> but also, there's like a sky with a moon in these caves. Like I mean, th- I guess it's the yeah. planet. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't daytime in these caves, or that would have been real hard to explain away. Yeah. There's also a strange light source. So yeah, I get what they're doing here. Well, like, and, and you know, there's even like some nice moments with uh, Chakotay and. Uh, Janeway and it, it just also this always nagged the hell out of me because they did it in next gen too the idea that the panel must exist in some place accessible but also disguise like it just never quite like why not just call for the arch well I guess voice command's been deactivated but I don't know it's just it's a little convenient well and like no character is gonna see this thing yeah Well, and the fact that this panel is somewhere belies this notion that seems necessary to make the holodeck work, which is that it shifts right locations of things, you know, based on the view of the person participating. Like yeah, like like maybe it's the idea Safety that protocols offline holographic explosives are as good as the real thing. Like why not just not make your holodeck capable? of making explosives. Wouldn't that be a better safety? Like rather than make So like if the safety protocols were on, would they be real explosives, but then the force would be limited by like, it just seems like, why not just not make it? Like, I think they would be fake explosives if the safety protocols were on. Yeah. Like if the safeties are on, you don't replicate, you know, nitrogen and, you know, glycerin or whatever. Right. Uh, but if, safeties are off then it can replicate it will actually replicate the chemicals like yeah how do they not see the circuitry in the little crawl space and and, and not wonder what the hell is going on like what's happening in Le Cour de Lyon yeah it's it's a question And again, that tunnel never moves. How the hell big is this holiday? Like, like it seems like this village is bigger than the ship might be. Yeah. 
and you know these are things that at the end of the day don't matter all that much and because the rest of the story works i mean so i'm just reminded of my criticism of star trek 2009 that you know the engineering set this gigantic you know brewery looks like it should be bigger than the whole ship and that no one cares about you know the scale of things and that irritates me right but it only irritates me in the context of also the story being bad and also the dialogue being bad and also, you know, the characterizations and, and the idea of the Federation being bad, right? Here, <coughs> the questions nag me, but everything else is working. So it, it just it doesn't derail everything. Nice period time piece. They didn't have like the LED light countdown thing. That's good. I really like, especially in the light. I really like Janeway's jacket. Yeah, that's a nice outfit. The belt is sassy. Yeah, it's, it's like, do they have a store in 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 the French village for? You know, terrorist gear. Right, I need something sassy that says Maquis. <laughs> did they use the word Maquis? I was just about to ask you that because I don't think they did. I don't think they did, and that seems like an obvious miss. That was like they should clearly, just for for the sake of the you know the little wink, call them the Maquis. Uh, t- TV gun violence. Yeah, they're using a sort of spark effect, which is not a squib, um, on the Herogen uniforms. And yeah, I mean, that gunshot wound to Janeway. <laughs> like, if you get shot in the thigh, your thigh doesn't work for a while. Yeah, you don't walk. There's, yeah, there's just no such thing as like a mild, mildly shot. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. I mean, if it grazed her, extremely but. Extremely superficial graze on the outside, you know, yeah. But it sure looked like she was clutching the interior of it. Yeah, yeah. Given recent events in the world, I'm particularly sensitive right now to the glorification or desensitization of the reality of gun violence. So, well, like, like right there, you know, seven sort of points her gun away, but doesn't drop it. I don't know. I also they like bring this Nazi. Right, I like that the Nazis bothered redecorating. I like they must have brought it with them because they've only been there for five minutes. Yeah, it's it's a little lazy actually because it's like, oh, how do we make this more dramatic? It 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 just doesn't make sense. It's like okay, Horst, you know, get out the Nazi banner. Okay, this I have a question about. Like. So the, the, the pregnancy is a holographic projection, but it's like, is it pressing on her bladder? How the hell does that work? Yeah, she feels 20 kilos heavier. It kicks. So that's the thing you can do in the holiday. Well, also, like, what nags me is the inconsistency with the physical features, like two box ears, sevens, Borg implants, uh, Bolana's ridges, but when you flip it, Janeway and Neelix get ridges, but Neelix <coughs> still has his spots. Like, it just seems like, 
what is the holodeck doing? In ter- like, it's like the other holodeck characters don't see the head ridges and the Borg eyebrow and all that. So, but then sometimes they're physically changed. So that that's one of those like little touches that always nagged me. And I, I'm sure Roxanne Dawson would not have minded a day, you know, without having to go to to makeup. So like, had you just made her look human, uh, it might it probably would have worked. Well, but they did that in that one episode, and it looked weird. So maybe they just said, "Yeah, sorry." <laughs> He's such a good Nazi. I mean, talk about being typecast, but I mean, he just, he's got a good look for it. And he does a passable German accent. Tom's getting hot-headed. It's like, Tom, she didn't actually have sex with him. (laughs) Or at least, we're, you know, we haven't been led to believe that <laughs> she's actually had sex with him. Like, it's, it's only part of the story, Tom. That's <laughs> a good look on Bellana. I like the lipstick on Bellana. That's actually a really good look for her. And the hair. They really they really did the, the women's hair. Yeah, it's a little elaborate for the... Uh you know, for the end of civil, like what must have felt at the time, like the end of civilization, like the, some of those pin curls take forever. Uh, well, they can take <laughs> away your country. They can take away your dignity, but they can't take away your beauty. Okay. <laughs> you you got to draw the line somewhere. I like the comedy of Neelix no longer, you know, being the Klingon. Oh, one of those, just from here. one of those Klingon extras looks super familiar. I'm trying to. Maybe he was in one of the video games, or he's been like a Klingon extra before. Huh. <laughs> oh, the doctor. the The netting thing with the with the props never worked for me. I agree with that. Um. Okay, this is the conversation I was thinking about. Yeah, she's just sort of limping along. It must be superficial. Okay, why can't they just turn off the power? Yeah. (laughs) Janeway looks good, too. It's a good lipstick color. It's a little elaborate. I'm sure it would fall apart in a crisis more often than not, but like the little up sweep and the like pin back, it's very dramatic. I kind of wonder why they haven't freed the people who are in captivity. Yeah. Like if they're able to disable the neural interface, it seems like, you know, the door unlock switch must be somewhere within reach also. (laughs) Okay, so here's the, you know, modus vivendi here. This is not a game. I'm trying to create a future for my people. And I like this. I like the fact that they're making him not just, you know, a poster board villain. And it's a very Janeway response. I mean, she's 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 do, she's being herself in this situation. She's not going for the violent solution 
even given just cause. I get all that. Um, I, I still, I don't know. I, I, I still can't, there isn't enough detail or enough experience with the Herogen to really make me care. Do you think if he had offered some sort of personal anecdote that would illustrate his species hunting themselves to extinction? I think if we had had one episode yes. where we spent a little more time with the Herogen, even away from Voyagers, just to give their life some, like... The Herogen only exist as an enemy for Voyager, and that's going to make them a less internally interesting enemy. Like, the Borg have an internal life that is, even when it's not developed, so intriguing in the setup that it covers it. Um, because we have Odo to connect to, the interior problems of the Changelings are a little more relatable. Like, you can see Odo play out those concerns in a small sense. Like, yeah, it just... They showed up so recently and have been such a one note up to now that I, I still just, I can't. It's not, it's just not happening for me. I like this dialogue, though. No, it's, it's good dialogue, but honestly, couldn't any one, couldn't any villain be giving it? Like, I'm sure that, like, you could have a Klingon being like, we're, we're warring ourselves to extinction. You could have a Cardassian being, we're plotting ourselves to extinction. Like, it just... There's it, it's good, and the actor's doing a good job. I just don't care enough about the Herogen to care about their outcomes. Well, and it's a, it's a nice idea that Janeway is negotiating her way out of it. You know. I mean, they can't win this fight. Yeah. Physically. <laughs> That's a good line. And these holograms are becoming annoying as well. Like, uh, he is a—he is clearly like the that guy in that office. I do kind of wonder why they haven't just deactivated the holograms, too. Like, yeah, even here, like, it's clear that this guy agrees with him, and, um, like, he's still following protocol. So, I, they're, they're trying, it's just not succeeding for me, because maybe it's just too early in the Herogen arc. Well, or is it that holograms can actually kill them? Why does he want her to sing? He's tired of the simulation. He's tired of all this baloney. Does he want to have sex with her or what? <coughs> I do like that, you know, Tuvok is saying, Seven, what's your problem? <laughs> So is this an unsatisfying resolution to the story? 
you know, there's no real victory. It's more of a stalemate. Or is this more satisfying? Uh, it's it's a good Star Trek solution, but it does mean that the story we were otherwise investing in on the holodeck has now been rendered moot, and that's a little unsatisfying. Like, like would the would the solution have felt better had it been brokered in universe of the story? Like, had either Janeway as Janeway or Janeway as what's her face negotiated the settlement in the like inside the story like had that, maybe that would have felt better maybe but yeah. if they were like storming hitler's bunker and the commandant were hitler yeah like yeah i don't know like yeah because we've got a good 15 minutes left and other than the one-off violence this dude's about to commit there's not there's no story left <coughs> it's like you just said the magic word buddy <laughs> one hunts them down and eliminates them a slightly ahistorical reading um well he's a nazi it's true i'm just saying um the the eastern roman empire survived for another millennia let's you know credit where it's due um yeah like yeah this is just here so we can give a weird speech like also is this is this particular piece of nazi iconography from something because i mean obviously there's the swastika but like the like the silver cray paper and stuff like it's just like you just have this here to look at while you talk. That was like from some kid's Nazi-themed birthday party. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> worst birthday party <laughs> ever. <laughs> it was a bit controversial in the neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, really, I guess what is interesting from from this aspect of the story and should feature into the overall narrative of trying to save the Herogian civilization is, you know, it could be just as dangerous to do this. Well, there's that banner again. Um, you know, the things they learn from the simulated scenarios could leak into their culture, you know, and, and people might just realize they enjoy wanton destruction. And and they 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 do to their credit eventually revisit that story with the uh, holodeck episode, that two parter. Yeah. You know, of course, it's nice that Tom is enjoying the simulation. Loosen up, baby doll. <coughs> so there are real squibs on set. There is just a certain pleasure, I think, in seeing Klingons invade and fight Nazis. So I like the way they're going with this story. I wonder why the doctor can't just put himself in Klingon clothes. I mean, he's already done the Beowulf simulation. Yeah. <coughs> I guess Neelix is the only one who they recognize as a fellow character. 
will worry about making repairs later. <laughs> I hope the Herogen leave you with some resources or something. If they trigger this overload and someone is in like a building or something, will they fall twenty feet? Right. That these are these are all valid questions. Yeah, more context for the Herogen would have given this action context. You know, is is he usurping authority? Is he taking authority for himself in a, in a justifiable way in their culture? <coughs> in some ways, it reads as kind of Klingon, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, like he's stand, he's supposed to be standing up for some social order that he values, but we don't really know enough about it to really care. Also, I don't know, maybe since the detente about 10 minutes ago, this has all felt kind of, this is starting to feel monotonous to me. Like it's all just a lot of gun vi It's a lot of shooting. So I'm less... I think they're doing enough to give us you know, dialogue that progresses the plot. <clears throat> I agree that the gun violence ends up seeming kind of superfluous. I guess she can use... <laughs> A screwdriver to make a holographic grenade photonic? Yeah, that's, that's a thing. I guess she just hasn't... They must not have hit the femoral artery. Because <laughs> she's, you know... She, she's moving, down. yeah. It's not a very good hunter. Oh. I spoke too soon. Oh, that has to really hurt right now. Oh, especially on those. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like the injured leg on the grates. That can't be fun. That's not good when you're not injured. Really bad ergonomic design, Matt Jeffries. I was. It's no less jarring when the uh, uh, Universal Translator does it with other Earth languages as it does with the alien ones. Like, so why are like Schnell and uh, you know, uh, you know, yeah, like all the like the, the simple German words don't get translated. Uh, I mean, it's obviously for dramatic effect to give us a, you know, a feel. It's a neat effect on the the uh, soldier at the edge of the holodeck. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, the way the effect is done when she pulls them out, too. Yeah. I wonder how they achieved it. I wonder if there were, like, green sacks that got pulled off. It was very well done, though. Maybe the... Yeah, I don't have answers to your German-English questions here. Because, of course, he says verdammt, but then starts speaking English. To a French person. Also, the the Hirogen thing with hunting, like, every time so far, it's only served to give their prey chances to escape rather... Like, it, it so far, every time the, the, the Hirogen's done the I'll give you a 10-second head start or whatever, it has just gone badly for the Hirogen. You start to wonder why it would be such a centerpiece of their, uh, of their culture, because it seems like more often than not, that would actually just make it possible for the prey to get away. Wax him with an iron bar. <coughs> I I kind of wonder why he's running. You know, it just seems like he knows she's wounded. He would just turn and kick her ass. Yeah. I just, you know, I like the idea of Klingons fighting Nazis. The rain is a nice touch, too. <laughs> And of course, Tom gets to fight the guy who's been porking his girlfriend. <laughs> so yeah, I I agree with you that this. Oh, okay. This is one of the other pieces of uh, television gunplay that always bothers the hell out of me. There is no way it would propel him backwards that hard without also propelling Janeway back that hard. That's how physics works. And she has a bum leg. It just that, the, it's like one of those, th- like it's not a rocket launcher. And if it were, it would, you would have to like mount yourself for ro- launching rockets. It just, just annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. Probably not that much stopping power. I agree. Um, if the hollow emitters have overloaded, why is the village still here? It's an excellent question. So yeah, anyway, I agree with the criticism that you made about the sort of the last 15 minutes of the episode. Um, it, it ended up, uh, and of course we know what this prop is here. Uh, it ended up, you know, seeming kind of perfunctory, you know. So... Moriarty's inside that machine. Um, 
benefits, of course, from shipping a bottle. Uh, if they sold that prop, I'd get it as a paperweight. Like, well, there was an April Fool's joke where that that prop was. Uh, it's like an air conditioner or something. Yeah. No, it was like a nightlight. It was like a programmable. Yeah. Uh, nightlight slash sound machine, and it would project like a star field on your ceiling and give you like different starship sounds. Um, I'm like, why don't they make that? Yeah. That, well, that was, I guess, the joke is that, you know, any true Star Trek nerd would probably pay ninety nine ninety nine to have, you know, that Star Trek sound machine. Because <coughs> it's a neat looking prop. The, uh, the yellow part was, you know, where the projector was housed. I guess the other part of the story that's sort of odd is that although, you know, they took out the guy who wanted to maintain the conflict, the commandant is dead. Right. Uh, So why is everyone else going along with this plan? Yeah. Does he have enough people who agree with him to, you know, it's like, why don't they just destroy Voyager at this point? It's like, let's cut our losses and, and get some trophies and, earn whatever plaudits we earn in Herogen society by doing so. All right. Well, <coughs> so I think all told this half is weaker than the first half. Yeah. Um, I mean, without, especially without the like novelty of the, you know, seven singing and Janeway looks like Marlena Dietrich. Like it's it, 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 now that that's worn off, it's just not as intriguing. It's not as far a jump as say birthright, but birthright started off in a bad place. Well, so, you know, I think there is dialogue that has a considerable amount of uh, pep. Um, You know, I think there are story ideas that are interesting, but they're not developed, you know, in the most uh, sort of satisfying ways. Yeah, even the the Herogen speech, it feels pro forma. Like it's, you know, it, it just, there's not enough meat on the bone there to make that super interesting for me. Um, I think acting wise, you know, we, we had performances that were just as good as uh, the previous episode. I think Ethan Phillips was kind of the standout here because he got to do both hardcore Klingon and then, you know, comedy, uh, Neelix trying to play along. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, there's no fabulous performance that's, you know, like, well, yeah, face. I mean, it wasn't really demanded it's not that of kind them. of story. Yeah, production values were pretty good. Uh, you know, a lot of good makeup, good costumes, except for that weird Nazi banner. Um, you know, all the opticals were were pretty good, actually, especially that one with the holographic legs. Um, all in all, you know, I think it's a three. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like it's. Without the, I, yeah, I would say without the novelty of the first half and without there being more story to sustain the Herogen angle and then the, the kind of bo- like slightly stretched out back 15 minutes, I would say, um, yeah, it levels out to a three for me as well. I don't think it's below average. I mean, I think you, you turn this on, it's Star Trek enough that, uh, you know, it goes from point A to point B to point C. Uh, and, you know, it's at least marginally interesting. 
there are decent performances and good production values, and you know, it's just kind of average. <coughs> so yeah, I mean, is it a is it a disappointment? Probably. You know, what could have made it more successful? Uh, would they have had to switch from Nazis to something else? Like that could be interesting. Like maybe just mid mid battle, someone just presses. You know, turns off the Nazi button and turns on the samurai button or something. Uh, I don't know. Um, ancient Greece, uh, you know, they, they all turn into hoplites or who knows, right? Yeah. I think that might have been a way to uh, amp up the novelty factor again. Um, yeah, and maybe, you know, the characters had been on opposing sides, you know, like you suggested before. That might have made for a longer-standing <coughs> sort of dramatic question. Yeah. You know, will any of these people go too far in the role of villain? Or, like, uh, even at the Herojin just been watching the humans enact these roles without directly fighting them. Because that, that, that's something else now that I think about it. It's like one of those, like, we've established up and down that humans are just the weakest of the humanoids like so it's just like well, well how is this useful are, are they like giving them steroids and stuff why aren't the herogen just mowing them down yeah no that that could have been a really interesting angle they could have uh held out the mystery for longer um you know they just have this episode where we have these characters that we know fighting each other <laughs> in a bizarre you know milieu uh and we don't know who's behind it, right? And they have to suss it out or something. Like, that that could be a really interesting story. Um, but, yeah, that doesn't happen here. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it was a wholly unsuccessful two-parter. Uh, it was no year of hell. Um, and it was no future's end. I think both of those two-parters were better than this one. Uh, but... It's better than Birthright, like you said. Uh, it's probably better than uh, Gambit to some degree. Um, I would say it's better than Descent. That, that's a tough call. Maybe it's around Descent level. Yeah, that's a yeah. Put it. Uh, I'd go with that. I was really irritated with Data by that point, so it's that's a tough, <laughs> tough call. Um, all right, so. That makes a six for this episode. Uh, and so we've gone from an eight to a six. A reasonably successful two-parter. We're going to start winding up uh, the season here. Um, you know, the plots are going <coughs> to sort of keep going uh, with Seven, uh, developing her character. Uh, you know, so far I would say this has been a pretty strong season. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely the best uh, Voyager's clocked in. Um, there were a few mushy parts in the beginning of the season that I'm curious how they're going to shake out, but we do have, you know, two tens in a row, three tens this season so far. So I think that definitely puts it up there with, uh, 
some of TNG's uh, better seasons. So we'll, we'll see how the numbers shake out. Yeah. I, I think maybe the, the mushy middling stuff is going to drag it down a little bit below TNG's peak. And I think that squares with my perception of Voyager. You know, I think there are some very strong seasons, but not quite as strong as TNG was at its best. Um, you know, I think, you know, and you can disagree with me, of course, that Voyager is hitting a stride that's similar to the kind of stride that Deep Space Nine uh, was reaching. No, I never I... thought DS9 was as good as TNG either. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, that's fine. And people can have different opinions, of course. All right. Well, I think that's all that needs yeah. to be said. I think that's it for that's it for the Killing Game two parter, uh, and we'll be back for. I don't. I don't know what we're going to podcast next. Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll all be. It'll be a surprise for everyone. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Live long and prosper. <laughs>